Well, I don't know about you, but I love the springtime. With all the new flowers, the weather warming up, even Coronation Square looks beautiful at the moment with all the daffodils and the crocuses. I took that photo on Wednesday this week. Springtime reminds us of new growth. It promises warmer weather and summer to come. And it's that time of year, it kind of gives us all hope that things will be better. And on Mothering Sunday, when we particularly think about families and those in the mothering role, whether you're mums or dads or aunts or grands, it would be easy to just hand out a bunch of flowers to everyone, pretend that everything is okay with the world, attempt to inject a quick dose of optimism into our lives, and then set off into the week tomorrow, only to discover that nothing much has changed. But actually, that would be dishonest, really, wouldn't it? Much as as we might like a quick fix, that would be like playing at make-believe. And so rather than do that, over the next few minutes, I'm going to begin back in the winter, if you like, in the cold, harsh world of reality. But where I hope to take us from there is not to a false sense of everything's going to be all right, but to a realization that actually this time of the year holds out something much more hopeful and much more promising than a warm, fuzzy feeling about good things ahead. In fact, that it offers us nothing less than an invitation to live our whole lives, winter or summer, with hearts full of hope and thankfulness. The rather amusing YouTube clip that we started with at the beginning of the service probably brought a smile, but it also hinted at some of the really difficult dilemmas that people in the mothering role have to face around the pressures of doing all of the things that society expects of us today. And what about going back to work as a mother? Does one parent stay at home when the children are preschool age or even older? There's so much pressure to keep a career going. And if there's only one parent on the scene, the difficulties and the challenges of the mothering role increase and are multiplied, as they are in many other situations too. If there's illness, disability, poverty, or when relationships within families are strained or even break down. And if there's no work at all, then the financial pressures can put additional strain on the family. So the mothering role is difficult enough in itself. But we also can't ignore perhaps an even darker side of parenting, which in different ways perhaps comes onto our, onto our radar screens or our television screens um, regularly. But, but in the last week or so, the family of the schoolgirl, who tragically died after a rugby ball hit her in a game in, in the gym, the parents of 22 children killed in the coach crash in Switzerland, the Afghan children murdered by an American soldier, and perhaps one of the worst nightmares for any parent, two young men from the Whitley area of Reading who committed suicide in the last 10 days. So as the spring flowers and the spring weather lift our hearts with hope, we know that a real view of life is one that acknowledges the tragedy and the brokenness which haunts our world. And what I'd like to do is to briefly turn to the Bible reading we heard read this morning, which I think can shine a light of hope 
not false hope, but real, tangible hope in showing us how faith-filled lives are the best answer to the challenges, the pressures, and the difficulties of mothering or even living in a world which is sometimes spring-like and beautiful, but at other times broken and tragic and seemingly hopeless. The first verse of the reading said this, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. There are two well-known games, aren't there? One called Snakes and Ladders, I'm sure you all know it, and the other one called Noughts and Crosses. But the story I'm about to tell is a kind of mixture of the two, and it's called Snakes and Crosses. So what on earth have snakes and crosses got to do with bringing hope into our lives? Well, the reference to Moses lifting up a snake recalls the story in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament when, during their wanderings in the desert, the Israelites rebelled against Moses, who was their God-given leader, and against God himself. And they were punished by poisonous snakes invading the camp and killing some of them. But after the people realized their error and asked for forgiveness, God gave Moses the remedy. He was to make a bronze snake, put it on a pole, and hold it up for everyone to look at. And anyone who looked at the bronze snake on the pole would live and not die, even if they'd been bitten. Now, it's a bit of a strange story, but the snakes if you like, symbolize the the evil which had infected the community because of their bad attitude, their sinfulness towards God. And the bronze serpent on the pole represented the power of God to overcome evil. To this day, the bronze serpent, the, the bronze snake, is used by medical organizations all over the world to represent healing. And here's an example. It's on, it's on this particular badge uh, from an intensive care, a registered nurse's badge in an intensive care unit. You can see the pole and the, and the snake wound around it. That's from this story about, um, uh, about the snake lifted up in the desert. It represents healing. So why then does our gospel reading say that just as Moses lifted up the snake, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life? Well, you see, God is like a wonderfully loving mother or parent or father or carer or aunt or grandmother, but far more loving even than any of those could be, any of we could be. And what that tells us is that God is not a remote God. In fact, far from being distant or remote, he's closely emotionally involved with us. He loves us so much that when we rebel against him, it hurts him. It makes him angry, just like we are angry when our children rebel against us. How do we feel when our child runs out in the road without looking? We're furious, aren't we? We get mad. Not because we hate them, but because we love them and we don't want them to get hurt. I know of some parents whose children are now in their 20s. But they are so angry with them because they are destroying their lives through drug abuse and all that goes with it. And again, they aren't angry because they hate them. 
They're angry because they love them passionately and they don't want to see them destroy their lives. And God looks at the world and all of the stuff that's wrong in our lives and he is like those parents. He hates to see us messing up our lives because he loves us so much. And despite giving us some really good guidelines, like the Ten Commandments to to live good lives, God knew that just like the Israelites needed saving from those deadly snakes, we too would need a remedy, that we too would need saving from the result of our rebellion and our disobedience toward God. So going back to the verse we were looking at, what does it mean that just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Well, the next verse shows us what this remedy was. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. God's answer was to give us his Son, Jesus. Jesus was to be lifted up on the cross of crucifixion, He was to come and take on himself all of the bad stuff in our lives and deal with it himself so that if we would turn to him, we would be saved. We wouldn't have to take the consequences on ourselves. God was like a parent who, seeing their child run out in the road, knows that the only hope of saving them would be to run out and sacrifice their own life in the process. That is what God has done for us. He came to earth in the person of his son Jesus and he sacrificed his own life on the cross of crucifixion in order to save us from the things that we have done wrong. And although that might seem extraordinary and hard to believe, God gave us an extraordinary sign in order that we would know that it's true. Because On what turned out to be the very first Easter day, God raised Jesus from the dead, and in doing so, demonstrated that the death of Jesus on the cross had successfully defeated the power of evil and death, and that he was indeed the Son of God, sent by God to save us. And actually, this is all incredibly good news for us today, here in Southcote on Mothering Sunday in the year 2012. Because we know there is much wrong with our world. We also know that there is quite a bit wrong with us, with me. We know that often our motives for doing things are selfish. We know how that seemingly innocent joke about someone we know is really a a small jibe to put them down. We know how that white lie we told about being busy was really just to avoid the effort of spending time with someone who, let's face it, is a bit hard work, even though they really needed our support. But despite being these imperfect people, the good news is that God does not condemn us because of that. Like a loving parent, he still loves us despite all of that. That's what our passage said. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And that's why there's another sign which represents healing and saving. In addition to the snake on the pole, and it's called the Red Cross. And you will all know it as a sign of one of the largest organizations in the world that exists to rescue people, to save people, and to heal them. 
The Red Cross goes out to people caught up in earthquakes and floods and wars and famines and epidemics. And the Red Cross has two elements to it. First of all, it has the shape of the cross, and it represents the cross on which Jesus died. And secondly, it's colored red because it represents the blood that Jesus shed for you and me as he suffered and sacrificed his life in order that we could be saved and rescued and healed. So there, after all, is the link between snakes and crosses. God so loves the world. Our world needs rescuing. It needs saving. And the good news of this springtime and this Mothering Sunday is that as we approach Easter, we are reminded again of a God who loves us just like the best mother imaginable because he gave his life for us in order that we could live ours full of hope and in the knowledge that we are truly loved. Amen.